I am not scared. I am not afraid. That's not to say that headwinds aren't coming. They're real and they are. But there's nothing, there's nothing close to what the doomsdayers want you to believe is coming. The truth is this, humans love drama. Welcome everybody to the Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Chris Harder Show. It's another Money Monday over here where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist and especially Especially prosperity. Guys, there is so much prosperity in your future. I can freaking feel it. So today I'm actually going to talk about some of the questions I'm getting about the economy from you. I love when you guys DM me on Instagram. You can find me at Chris W. Harder. I love when you guys shoot me text questions. I love when you get a hold of me and you share your real concerns with me because it's an opportunity for me to let you know what type of insight I might have. And quite honestly, I'm kind of a nerd that loves the economy. I don't know why. Some people love knitting. Some people love like human biology. I just happen to love the economy. And so I know a thing or two about it because it falls within my wheelhouse of interest. Now, the first thing I'll tell you is this before I share the the three most common questions that you have been sending me about the economy. The biggest thing I'm seeing that's causing these questions is that there are two many doomsdayers out there. There are too many doomsdayers out there running around yelling that the sky is falling. You know, here's why you're hearing so much rhetoric and fear about a recession coming. You ready for this? Here's why you're hearing so much about it. You're hearing about it because people want significance. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. And the easiest way to get your attention is to predict that something is coming that Duh, of course it's coming at some point because it's freaking cyclical, right? Even a broken clock is right twice a day. But people want to be right. They want that dopamine hit when it finally happens. And the easiest thing to predict is that some kind of downturn is coming, which is a pretty generic prediction, by the way. If these people really wanted to impress me, they would tell me exactly what sectors were going to be hit and they would tell me exactly how much. But no, it's just... The end is coming. The sky is falling. A recession's coming. Well, duh, it's cyclical. So anybody can predict that a headwind is coming. A downturn is actually a good thing, believe it or not. And listen, it's not good that some people suffer through one, but it's a good thing because it's like lifting the lid off a pot that's starting to boil. If you don't, it's literally going to explode and water's going to go everywhere and the top's going to blow off and who knows what's going to happen. You have to lift the lid off the boiling pot once in a while. You got to let the steam out or it'll boil over. But these significance seekers, they want to be able to say, I told you so. 
aren't I so smart? Look what I predicted. Or they want to be able to, worse yet, they want to be able to sell you something to fix the very fear that they're instilling in you. The doomsdayers are most of the problem. Listen, think about it. Think about this. If you didn't watch a single stitch of the news, if you didn't read a single headline, and if you did not go on social media at all, and if you hadn't done that for the last three to six months, how much talk would you hear about a recession coming up? How much would you really be thinking about it? For real, if you didn't watch the news, if you didn't read any headlines, if you didn't go on social media, how much would the topic of a recession be coming up in your life? Probably next to zero, right? Because you're looking around right now and everything's pretty normal and pretty damn awesome. My other problem with these doomsdayers that are striking fear in you is that, of course, at some point, they're going to be correct. I already addressed this, right? The old saying, a broken clock is right twice a day. Because when something is cyclical, just like the time on a clock, then it's easy to tell you what's coming. But they're causing you to panic. And when you panic, you freeze. And when you freeze, you create your own micro-economy and you're creating your own recession. And so you can't freeze and you can't give in to the fear. So I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to address a few of the most common questions, three of them that I've been getting. So, number one, is a recession coming for sure? Well, you got to remember what a recession is. It's basically just a little timeout. It's lifting the lid off the boiling pot so some steam can get out, so we can kind of reset, so we can slow down some of the crazy, rapid growth that goes on in an economy. You realize if an economy grew and grew and grew, set new records day after day, if everything set a record in home values and set a record in people getting paid and set a record in, in everything, guess what that results in? Inflation. Because when everything's going great, that's putting more money into the economy. When more money is into the economy, there's more people buying more things. When more people are buying more things, that means that there is more demand than there is supply. Therefore, prices go up and that is good old-fashioned inflation. None of this is complicated. It's just quite normal when you think of it that way. And so, of course, it's cyclical that at some point you got to take the lid off the pot and we all have to kind of reset and shuffle around a little bit and slow things down a little bit or everything would become literally unaffordable. The rich would have everything and everybody else would have nothing. That's what would happen if we didn't have these little resets once in a while. So is a recession coming for sure? Well, I'll tell you this right now. We have to choose between the lesser of two evils at this point in order to lift the lid off the seam, right? We have to choose between continued inflation, where things become literally unaffordable, or a little recession, or at least a slowdown, so that we can be able to shuffle around and reset things a little bit. And I'll tell you, I would choose a cooling off period for a moment every single time. Remember, a recession doesn't have to affect you a single bit. And it very likely won't if you don't listen to all of the doomsdayers screaming from the mountaintops around you. So number two, is my house going to tank in value like it did in 08, 09? Are we going to have the same catastrophe all over again because houses have gone up so much in value? Boy, they must have to go down just as much, right? No, that's not how the economy works and that's not how the world works. That's just how humans think. Humans think, well, if it went up this much, it must have to go down this much. But that's actually just our inner fears and that's just our lack of logic talking. So the short answer is no, home values are not going to tank, not even close. Listen, we have an affordability recession looming, not 
a recession built out of broken fundamentals. For example, do we have a shortage of jobs right now? No. As a matter of fact, we have a shortage of people to fill the job openings that we have. That is like an epidemic in itself. So that fundamental is great. Here's some housing fundamentals for you. Housing is actually in great shape compared to 08 or 09. Ready for this? This is going to blow your mind. I found some stats in a recent SoFi blog that I read. When it comes to home loans that have been given out to people, the average borrower's FICO credit score right now that has a home loan is 751, a record freaking high. In 2010, when the, when the crap hit the fan, it was only 699 a significant difference in how higher quality of borrower is who owns the homes out there right now. Here's another one. Back in 2011, right after the housing bubble happened and everything kind of shook out, 25% of all homeowners had negative equity in their homes. That means they owed more on their home than their home was worth. 25%, one quarter of all homeowners owed more on their home than it was worth. So of course they're walking away from it saying, well, heck, I'm not going to pay the mortgage on this thing. And it created this butterfly effect of everyone else doing the same thing. But here we are now. And not only does almost everybody have positive equity in their homes, but only 2.5% of all homeowners have less than 10% equity, meaning not negative, but only 2.5% of all homeowners have less than 10% equity. That means, let me rephrase this, 97.5% of all homeowners have more than 10% equity in their homes. They're not going to walk away from that thing. That's free money. That's their money sitting there. They're going to find a way to pay that mortgage and keep that home. Here's real proof of that. This year, right now, as I record this, only 3% of all mortgages are past due. And past due, by the way, means even if it is a day past due, it qualifies. So this year, just 3% of all mortgages are past due. That is an all-time record of on-time mortgage payers. 97% of people are current on their mortgage right now, have more equity than they ever have in history, and have the highest credit score in history of homeowners. So people aren't going to be walking away from their homes. They're going to be protecting those credit scores, protecting that equity, and protecting their good pay record so far. And that's because we gave out way less risky loans than we did prior to the, the 08, 09 bust. Guys, I was in the mortgage business back then. We gave loans to anybody who could breathe. It was not a good situation. So of course, people ended up with homes that did not have the ability or the intentions of paying them when push came to shove. But all of that was rectified after that 08, 09 crash. As a matter of fact, people wrote so many adjustable rate mortgages back then. 36% of all mortgages back then were adjustable rate mortgages. Today, only 8% of all mortgages are. And what, what that means, if you don't know, the rate can adjust up. And when the rate adjusts up every year, then the payment goes up. And pretty soon it goes up to where you can't afford it anymore when it takes big jumps. So think about that. More than one third of all homeowners had adjustable mortgages back then. Now, only 8% do. So it's not going to adjust up suddenly and cause a situation where somebody can't afford to pay their mortgage. So I think I've painted a pretty good picture that the housing market, while some pockets may dip temporarily, and while it's definitely going to cool off compared to what it was, the housing market in general is safe. 
And by the way, when I say cool off, you have to remember perspective. The housing market might cool off, but it's cooling off from a record once in a several lifetime experience of crazy appreciation and frantic buyers. This is not a once in a lifetime thing that happened. This is a once in a several lifetime thing that happened. The appreciation we saw, the the lack of inventory we saw, which by the way, there's still a massive lack of inventory because we can't get enough supplies. Another thing that's going to reinforce home values, good old fashioned supply and demand. So it's going to cool off, but it's going to cool off from this, this new normal that you got spoiled with. Yes, I'm saying you got spoiled with it. What do you mean my home's not going to go up 20% this year? <laughs> what? In history, before this craziness happened, homes only went up 4% a year. So cooling down might mean that it goes back to what was always normal, but people will complain about it. And people will say it went down and people will say it cooled off. Now, it just went back to freaking normal. So maybe people can afford to buy homes again that couldn't afford to buy them. Doesn't mean it's going down in value. It means the appreciation and this beating frenzy is going to go back to normal. All right. So the third question I've been getting, sorry, I ramble on these things, right? Because I'm passionate about this. The third question I've been getting is I hear there's a lot of opportunity in recessions, right? Like people get rich in recessions. Millionaires are made in recessions. I don't want to miss this chance this time. So where should I be investing? Well, listen, I am not, I'm going to be crystal clear here. I am not a financial advisor of any kind. I'm just a dude that likes this stuff. And all I can tell you is where I have my eyes focused. I am not giving you advice. But I am happy to share where we're investing and where we have our eyes focused. And that is the tech sector in the traditional markets and crypto. The tech sector and crypto is where we're focused. One's traditional and a no-brainer. One is really risky. So start with the tech sector. The tech sector is the biggest no-brainer we've seen in decades. You guys, stocks like Tesla. And by the way, think about it. What is the future of all cars? It's literally a law that by 2030, all cars sold have to be electric. So the future of cars is electric. There's no avoiding it. It's a law. So if the future of cars is electric, who's the number one electric car brand by 100 trillion miles? It's Tesla. But stocks like Tesla, PayPal, Meta, which is Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Google, those stocks combined are down about 37% for the year. Holy crap. That means if a stock was 100 bucks, it's down to about $63. It's the hardest hit of any category, and it doesn't make sense other than all the hype and all the speculation while times were so good for so long, money poured into these no-brainer stocks because, of course, they are the future. I mean, ask yourself, what is the future? Is it anti-tech? Is it analog? Or is it pro-tech? Of course, the future is pro-tech. The only way the future can go is tech, tech, and more tech right? Advancements. The obvious answer is that the future is nothing but tech, maybe to a fault. So it's not a matter of these blue chip tech stocks being fundamentally broken. It's not a matter of, it's not a question of if they'll come back. It's a matter of when they'll come back and how dang high are they going to go? I'm not going to begin to predict individual stocks for you, but I can tell you that Lori and I are investing in the tech sector every single day that it drops. 
It's called dollar cost averaging your way down. DCA, dollar cost averaging. It's an alternative to having to guess the bottom. Every time it drops, you put a little more in. Every time it drops, you put a little more in. And that averages out to your value in the stocks, your baseline, that averages your baseline out to somewhere close to the bottom, but without having to guess the bottom. Maybe I'll do a separate podcast on what dollar cost averaging is. But the point is, that's where our money's going right now. And that brings us to the second one, the more risky one, that is crypto and the NFT market. Now we're going to see a a sorting out of sorts. We're going to see a sifting through the garbage. We're going to see a survival of the fittest, as we should in this sector. We're going to see hype coins go bust, as they should. We're going to see NFT projects that never had any backing other than a bunch of hype go bust, as they should. And the real deal currencies and the real deal NFT projects, they're going to come out of this alive. And that's where you're going to want your money if you choose to participate in this very risky sector. I mean, guys, think about it. We're talking about a brand new currency system here. Of course, it's going to have some major ups and then major dips. Of course, it's going to go up again and then dip again. This is the invention of a new currency system. A lot of headwinds. And whenever a brand new sector, especially as significant as this, whenever a new category comes along that changes the world, it always invites the scammers and the hucksters and the get-rich-quick people. It invites them out of their caves to make a quick buck. So we're seeing a correction, a much-needed correction, that is going side-by-side with the pullback in the traditional markets. That's actually what you want to see. You want to see them operate like traditional markets. And the only ones that aren't going to make a strong comeback are the weak projects that belong to this huckster type crowd anyways. But the blue chip projects like Bitcoin or Ethereum, I'm betting on those. I'm not giving you advice to, let me be clear, it's risky. But me personally, I'm betting on those. I'm putting a lot down on that bet. Same with blue chip NFTs backed by real utility, real assets like Gary V's Flyfish private restaurant memberships and original Friends. I mean, the restaurant is opening. The restaurant is almost built. That private membership is going to exist and it is going to be popular. And the only way that you get it is if you have a Flyfish membership. And that's in the form of an NFT. That's real utility. But to sum all this up, the three questions, the doomsdayers, everything I just talked about, to sum all this up, I am not scared. I am not afraid. That's not to say that headwinds aren't coming. They're real, and they are. But there's nothing, there's nothing close to what the doomsdayers want you to believe is coming. The truth is this. Humans love drama. Don't believe me? Look at the most popular TV series. Look at the most popular movies out there. The more drama, the more popular. We need it. We feed off of it. And then add on top of drama, significance? Man, this is a human cocktail that is impossible for anyone to ignore. And that's what's going on. This is a time where the drama addicted, the drama inclined fortune tellers of the world who also need significance. This is the time that they're screaming from the mountaintops that the sky is falling. They're screaming from the mountaintops that a correction is coming. Well, yeah, it's cyclical. We always need to let the steam out of the pot once in a while. Well, I'll tell you what, the sky over my house is not falling and the sky over your house is not going to fall either. Just remember this. If you went out for a jog or you're out running or you're out riding your bike and you hit 
a strong wind, maybe a storm's rolling in, you hit a headwind. What do you do? You just lean into it and you push a little harder. You pedal a little harder and you still get home. That's all that's coming. Let's push a little harder. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's go. Let's build your dreams and let's all be successful together because that's really what's coming. Your dreams coming true. If you roll up your sleeves, participate with everything you got, that's what's coming. Your dreams coming true. Thanks for listening. Always love and appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.